everybody, Nick Yorosiva here. So as you can see, there obviously is no new Voidfarer episode this week, but I do have something extra special for you instead. Here is a feed drop of the first episode of the newest season of Fables Around the Table, our tabletop RPG anthology podcast here at Project Derailed. This season is special because it is GM'd by myself running the Mothership RPG, which is, of course, sci-fi horror, one of my favorite genres. Regretfully, due to a variety of circumstances, we're going to have to put Voidfair on a little bit of a hiatus. Despite our best efforts and my optimism, being able to do both Continuum and Voidfair at the same time is proving to not be possible. So um, for the time being, I will be working on Fables Around the Table Continuum, which will be coming out the second and fourth Wednesdays of every month until it is done about five to seven episodes in, and then to which point Voidfarer will return. But in the meantime, enjoy episode one of Continuum, Dead on Arrival. Fables Around the Table Continuum is a tense horror tale set in space. Our story features adult language and includes subjects and themes that may be upsetting for some audiences. This includes mental health, trauma, loss of autonomy, self-harm and suicide, descriptions of blood and gore, and death. Listen at your own discretion. The year is 2133. Humanity has spread far from its little blue dot of origin, colonies on the moon, Mars, and several other major moons and asteroids throughout the solar system, but almost all primarily private sector projects. Corporations have been leading humanity's expansion into space since the mid-21st century. Corporate spokespeople wax poetic about the science fiction of old finally made reality in a new utopia among the stars. But to those who experience space travel every day, they know that that is anything but true. Space tourism or any sort of luxurious experience beyond the gravity well of Earth is something afforded to only the ultra-rich, the rest being relegated to cramped, dirty, and dark engine decks, utility stations, and cargo haulers cruising the solar system. And much of that idealistic narrative of space travel still remains science fiction. Faster than light travel required to get us to stars beyond our own is still utter fantasy, and there's been no signs of extraterrestrial life beyond some microbes discovered under the ice of Europa back in 2045. But luckily, humanity's home solar system is still ripe with resources to be exploited. We just need to send the right people to get it. A ship is exiting the gravity well of Jupiter under the constant acceleration of a single fusion ion engine a CF-99 Sisyphus-class small freight vessel. The huge word Cygnus Navigation is emblazoned on the side in bright yellow paint, freshly applied. In fact, you can actually just barely make out the slightly faded outline of the previous logo underneath. Near the front of the vessel in a smaller text is the word Synergistic Management Systems 108. And smaller still, in sloppily hand-painted words, is the Clusterfuck. On deck five of the Clusterfuck, we see six Cryotech brand stasis pods positioned radially out from the center of this circular cabin, the crew of SMS-108 within. 
One pod is a spare used for any potential passengers that might need to travel with you or in the event that you eventually get a sixth crew member. But in the first pod, we see words projected across the glass canopy that read team lead, Pilsner, comma, Jack. Adam, why don't you describe to us what Jack looks like as he is slumbering within? Jack looks like someone who probably ought to have a beard, but has had to shave it due to the horrible, weird slime I assume is necessary for, for cryosleep. Yeah, you're not submerged in a liquid, but uh, there is a, uh, a residue that accumulates over time just from the atmosphere and the coolants used in the process. Yeah, someone who is a, a permanent uh, five o'clock shadow kind of person. <laughs> Jack is probably, I would say, late 40s Earth standard years. Um, someone who is probably a little bit stockier build. Um wearing his trademark uh, polo shirt with the sleeves ripped off that still has the previous company's logo on it. Otherwise, I think in whatever our stasis uniform is. Uh, and I think even in sleep, he has that look of, God, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. On to pod two, we see uh, projected on the glass canopy the words pilot, Gallagher, comma, Delphine. Um... Why don't you describe what she looks like, Caitlin? I would love to, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so prepared to do this. (laughs) Um, So Delphine um, appears to be in her early 20s. Um, Despite her youth, she uh, still manages to look quite a bit um, on the haggard end of things. Um, She's got dirty blonde hair that's shaved on the left side and it blends out to hair that is very long on the right side of her head um this is probably the only time that anybody in the crew ever sees her looking peaceful Aww. in the next pod the words projected across the canopy read mechanical sanderson comma seabold roger why don't you describe what seabold looks like uh, Seabold, early 20s uh, young man, um, appears to be um, a, a bit of a, uh, a chunky boy. Uh, got a little thickness to him. Thick. A uh, little bit of a, a, a wide nose here. Um, and uh, has some puffy, um, not quite afro hair, but like imagine like the hair that you would have on like cowboy bebop that kind of hair Mm -hmm. imagine that on top of seabold's head nice nice um yeah so um and um he's a snoozing very comfortably i think he's he's gotten very uh used to this idea of being in cryo and and loves it so he's he does not look tired he looks like he's loving life yeah, you're not bothered at all that the fact that the company requires you guys to go into stasis, even for voyages that are only a couple weeks long, because it is, of course, cheaper to basically put you guys to sleep for that time than to, you know, feed you. I mean, hey, I think it all makes sense, and everybody here is just real cranky, so. The next pod uh, projected across the canopy is Security, Saunders, comma, Beatrice. Andy, why don't you describe what B looks like? So B is is 
a muscular kind of lean. She's about medium height, about, I'm gonna say late 20s. Uh, she's got dark hair, but only on one side of her head because the left side of her head is taken up by cybernetics, which take up her eye, her cheek, and side of her head. Her left arm is also cybernetic. For the skin she does have left, she has scars all over it, and she, as always, has resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Even while sleeping. Even while sleeping. <laughs> and the last crew pod, with the words medical, redum, comma, Cameron, projected onto the glass canopy, this pod, however, is empty. Cameron. Yes. You are sitting on the bridge after putting the rest of your crewmates into stasis before heading to what is supposed to be a pickup job to Pluto Station. As you sit there feeling the gravity of the 1.3G thrust, the ship's AI, Ava, speaks up. How may I help you, Officer Redham? Uh, yes, Ava. So first things first. Um, what are the vital signs of crew members Pilsner, Gallagher, Sanderson, and Saunders? All stasis vitals are reading nominal. Saunders, cybernetics, are they behaving? Also nominal. Let's see. Cameron, like, runs his hands through his very, like, mangy-looking kind of red hair. All right, Ava, I'm going to need you to override the current nav heading, please. This action will require authorization. Please enter your authorization code. Medical Officer Redham Cameron, code number A79AS86. Override accepted. Inputting orbital coordinates now. Now I start typing. Orbital coordinates accepted. What is our ETA? SMS108 will arrive at the inputted coordinates in approximately 21 days. Excellent. Ava, send this ETA data to Ira Darnell at this hand terminal ID. Click, 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 click. Transit data sent. By medical officer's authority, do not wake the stasis pod at the location. Affirmative. Calculated optimized burn trajectory. Initializing trajectory burn in three, two, one. Ignition. You guys hear music. Kind of a melancholy electric guitar that comes in and you slowly awaken as you hear Ava's voice say, Good morning, crew. It is 0214 Earth Standard Time on October 7th, 2133, at a solar orbit of Positioning Error. Your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Road, 2021. Now, Jack, as you hear this, you know that this date is about 11 days later than the approximate date you were supposed to arrive at Pluto Station. Well, um... I, I hear the error. I hear the wrong days. Um, I think Jack just thinks, what in, the, what in the Sam Hill fucked us up this time? And engages whatever catches on the inside to open the cryotube. Uh, yep. Hops out, wipes the slime off his face, uh, taps on the side of the cryotube twice to pop open the hatch. Um grabs a beer that has been duct taped on the inside of it to keep it chilly, <laughs> pops the top <laughs> and uh, starts making his way towards the uh, the navigation area to see what's uh, what's taking us off course. 
Yeah, you do that, and I should mention, there's no gravity right now. Oh. Oh. The ship is not currently under thrust, so there is no gravity. There's zero G. All right. Out of the corner of your eye, you see uh, your crew members, B and Seabold and... Um, uh, oh, wow, who, what are, who are, who are you people? <laughs> <laughs> who are you people? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you see your crew members, Delphine, B, and Seabold uh, begin waking up and getting out of stasis. Although you do notice that there is a red light blinking from the fifth pod. And its occupant is not moving. The fifth pod being Cameron's pod. Cameron. Um, uh, I'll just yell out. Y'all check, uh, check on Cameron real quick. I'm going to see what the hell took us off course. Um, I think I've kind of moseyed over there to look once I'm oriented. Ava speaks up and says, Stasis pod three is reading no vitals. Well, that oh, was fast. Shit. Uh, okay. Um, is, uh, I mean, I guess I should ask a question now. Would that be normal for something? <laughs> no, that's but, not normal. Like, okay, this should be very uh, not normal. Yeah, okay. usually usually Cameron has a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, like, I would imagine, like, it could have been just, like, an issue with the pod not picking up on the vitals. You could check that if you'd like. Uh, sure, uh, that, that'll be the first thing I do. Go ahead and make me an intellect check and uh, in anything mm-hmm. related to either mechanics or um, medicine you could apply if you have trained skills in that. Uh, medicine or what? Me- like mechanical like stuff. If you want to, it's either focusing on the medical side of it or you can focus on the mechanical side of it. Um, and that'll determine what skills you want to use. Okay. And let's say for the audience, not for me. How do I roll? Yes. <laughs> so you are rolling a percentile die. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, a D10 plus a percentile D10 that has like the, you know, the tens digit on it. And you're trying to ro- roll below your intellect score. Now, if you add any skills to that, it actually increases your intellect score, not what you roll on the die. So if you have a train skill, uh, which is the first column on your sheet, that adds plus 10 to your intellect for the purposes of this roll. Got it. Okay. Right. I had a a 41, and it was definitely more than that. I think my intellect starts at a 48, so. Yeah. Yeah, you're not sure. These cryotech brand stasis chambers are shit. And even with the recent upgrades you've had to them, you're not 100% sure. You can't at least make out if the readout on it is correct or not. Though it is worth noting that Cameron did not wake up. And with that, Tanner, thank you for joining us. (laughs) You can leave now. (laughs) Okay. You son of a bitch. Are you for real? (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) Thank you, Tanner. Tanner. (laughs) What? No, that was the saddest Discord sound ever. Just Did you kill him just no. because he had to go to dinner tonight or something? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Tanner is a very busy boy in real life, y'all. No, so. Tanner and I have been conspiring for a while. Damn it. I'm going to start boycotting Voidfarer for this. <laughs> what do you guys do? Suffer. Um, Suffer. Is there a way to open the... The stasis pod from the outside? Yeah, you can open it. I do that. <laughs> it opens right on up. Um, I shake him. <laughs> he does not wake up. Cameron? Cameron? Come on, buddy. 
Like, she doesn't seem to be taking it well. So when you open it and you kind of shake him, um, you see that his hand terminal slides loose of his pocket and is floating. Uh, and you see there's a notification light blinking on it. I look at it. Yeah, you grab it and you actually see that there is a string of messages back and forth between Cameron and one other person. September 14th, 2133, 0452 ES. Cameron, it's Ira. I... I think I've been compromised. Valkyrie supervisors seem to know there's a spy on the station. I need extraction ASAP. I've collected what information I can. Station instrument logs, surveillance footage, experiment data, key communications. I think I have enough for Seize Back the Sky to expose the twisted shit these bastards are doing out here. My notes say you're my best bet for an out in this time window. Is your crew still scheduled for a job out to Pluto? That'll put you a stone's throw from Continuum, relatively speaking. We're still way the fuck out here. If they know there's a mole on board, it's only a matter of time before they sniff me out. September 14th, 2133, 0534 ES. Hey buddy, um, fuck. Okay, listen, I'm gonna need to do some things over here, but it should be manageable. It must be a big deal if you're breaking comm silence. You did manage to find a way to transmit safely, right? September 14th, 2133, 0615 ES. I'm able to disguise small signals like voice comms buried in the routine data packets being sent to Valkyrie HQ on Mars. I slipped a Trojan into their system while I was riding a desk there last year. The Trojan listens for my hidden ID tag and all incoming data packets and pulls out the message and automatically relays just that signal to the intended recipient. In this case, you. This won't fool their infosec team forever, but it should work for now. September 14th, 2133, 0655 ES. <laughs> Sorry, I doubted you. All right, listen, as medical officer, it's protocol that I'm the last one in stasis. So that's pretty easy. I can override our nav heading once I make sure Battlecat's prosthetics won't give her problems in stasis, and once I make sure Jackie's boost isn't shorted out of system. I'll have Ava bring us in and have her wake up just me whenever we arrive. There needs to be some level of explanation here. We need to explain to the crew who you are and why we are over a month late on the Pluto job. We'll have to work that out as we go. We're going to be at least three weeks out, so you better keep your head down for that time. I'll ping you with the exact ETA when I calculate our flight path to you. You'll want to meet us at the airlock so we can get in and out before the Valks can ID our ship. Be careful. September 14th, 2133, 0739ES. Glad to hear it. Thanks for being my escape pod here, Cameron. September 28th, 2133, 1121 ES. Cameron, I was right. Valkyrie is definitely aware that there's a mole on board, but they don't seem to suspect me personally yet. No need to change the plan, just know they have installed new station-wide security protocols, so I may not be able to contact you again. I'll see you when you get here. October 6th, 2133, 1951 ES. Cameron, I know you're probably still in stasis, but the mole on their radar wasn't me. Two ether operatives posing as engineers. Shit's really hitting the fan here. I'm laying low until your arrival tonight. Meet you at the airlock. I'll see you soon. October 7th, 
piece. It's it's encrypted and, and locally on terminals across the station. You can only access it all together remotely through my hand terminal. That might be a problem. Sorry. Entering my pen on a console. Pull up the files. I hit locally there. Nine. Six. Zero. Eight. Seven. Three. And be careful. It's free. Fucking aliens. I'm so glad Jack didn't hear any of that. <laughs> yeah, do I need to make like a sanity roll or something after? That's a great question. I would like everyone to uh, make a sanity save. Great. My sanity is 17. That's uh, rough. Yeah, I rolled a 48. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I got a three on the die. Let's go. Nice. So you're good. So basically, like, if you fail this check, you just gain a stress. Okay. Stress marked. Um, okay, Jack. Yes. You go up to navigation, so which is uh, deck two subsystems, comms, nav, life support, etc. And uh, what are you what are you looking for? Uh, well, let's see. Um, just as real quick, uh, passing through decks four and three. Does anything seem amiss here? Not to your eye. Um, it is a little weird uh, that you're currently in zero G, which means the ship is not under thrust, which means that you may be docked somewhere that doesn't have centripetal gravity. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so let's see. So we'll go up to two and up to deck two, that is. Um, here's a question. Are there any windows on deck two or is it all uh, fed in through cameras? It's all fed in through cameras. Okay. Um, cheaper than glass. You right. Spaceship. <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. Then um, Jack will head to whatever the main navigation terminal is and uh, see if I can main screen turn on, but also uh, check and see where we are. <laughs> sure. Ava speaks up as you approach the terminal and you give that command and she says, I'm sorry, Team Lead Pilsner. It appears our navigation satellites cannot be reached. Um, I, I'm sorry, what? It appears that the navigation satellites used to calculate our orbital positioning cannot be reached at this time. Okay, um, what was our last recorded position? Our last recorded position was 88.2 astronomical units from the sun. She gives, like, orbital inclination and all that stuff. It's a, it's way the fuck out in the Kuiper Belt. Shit. Um, alright, uh, could you... Since we left, could you uh, display a course from from where we left uh, to where that last recorded position was to see where the fuck we are? Of course, Team Lead Pilsner. And you, in fact, see, it looks like the path that you took adjusted off course immediately. Mm. Like you did a burn from the gravity well of Jupiter outwards, um, but instead of navigating to the current orbital position of Pluto, it has sent you to this seemingly random location out in the Kuiper Belt. Um... All right. Based on the route that we've taken since we've left uh, to what day it is now, can you plot an estimated position of where we would be? Or more specifically you to you, Nick, what what I am thinking yeah. is like using a graph, like a graph sure. paper, like if you could yep. figure out what it would like, what our course was, what the what the 
X of the line was, then theoretically we would know where we are if we knew how many days sure. if it was continuing straight on. She displays that data for you, and you actually see that connection to navigation satellites was only lost about two hours ago. Oh. And with that, she actually says, My records indicate that there appears to be a mining installation in this approximate area. Designation BKR-774. Interesting. I mean, that makes sense. Does that mean anything to me in particular? No, there's thousands and thousands of like remote mining installations out this far. People don't come out here. And in fact, like the information that Ava is able to provide you on VKR-774 is that it is remotely set up and remotely manned. It was built with the capabilities of life support uh, if they ever decided to move living laborers out here. But as far as any of the records Ava is able to pull up on it, it's an unmanned Kuiper Belt object survey station. Eva, can you um, <clears throat> can you give me any access records? Can you tell me if anyone has uh, been on the ship since, uh, well, since we shut it down? There has been no unauthorized entry to SMS 108. All right. Uh, we're not docked anywhere, are we? Or are we just floating? We are docked. However, my systems do not contain any identifying information regarding where. Interesting. All right. Are, are there any other transponder codes out here? Is there anybody out here with us, or is it just this, uh, where, well, wherever the hell we are? My transponder communications array appears to be experiencing a disruption. Interesting. Uh, Nick, where would that be on the outside of the ship? Uh, it would be towards the nose of the ship. Uh, presumably somewhere near the forward airlock, perhaps? Yes. Yeah. All right. Eva, let us know if, uh, if communications are restored and send any of that relevant data. In fact, if you can just... All that data you just sent out to me, if you could just send that to my hand terminal, I'd greatly appreciate it. Affirmative, Team Lead Pilsner. And she does that. I will start making my way post-haste back to the crew. Sure. And as you check to confirm that you received that data, you do see that uh, your hand terminal is only operating on local network right now. It has no connection to the OmniNet. Oh. Well, I... Uh... You tell me if this is a thing that I would need to roll for, if this is a thing that just kind of makes sense. Um, if... Like, we, theoretically, if we were connected to the OmniNet, it would be through the ship, right? Like, that would be our big antenna? Yes. Okay. Yep. And if the ship is having trouble communicating with nav satellites, it might be having trouble communicating with any external satellites. Yeah, that tracks. Um, yeah, I'm going to pop that. Or, no, I think I already popped the beer. I'm going to chug the rest of that beer and make my way back to the uh, <laughs> to the crew. Sounds good. The rest of the crew, back down in the stasis deck, what are we doing? Um, I think I'll jump in here. Um, just because I, I don't think Delphine's had a reaction to anything yet. Um, the reason for that, and also I think um, since I failed my role back there, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all friendly players are going to gain, gain a stress. And I think that's probably because as soon as Delphine heard all of this happening and saw all of this happening, um, Delphine stopped about two feet outside of her own pod and froze and hasn't moved. Oop. Yeah. I, I would say B's attention is still there also because I failed my sanity save. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's just Seabold here. Like, people die, I guess, and everybody else is having a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Seabold, it is worth noting from the audio recordings that you found, it does, in fact, sound like Cameron may have been involved with Seas Back the Sky. Son of a bitch. I always knew something was off about him. What the fuck are you on about? He's dead. He was our friend. I 
Uh, oh god, I said the quiet part out loud, didn't I? You know what? I'm sorry. It's you're right. Um, and he just actually like turns his attention over to um, Delphine, and he's like kind of snapping his fingers at her, like, "Hey, everything okay in there, Delphine? You gotta breathe, or like, you know, show signs of life." I think the only thing that you are getting in terms of signs of life is that if you snap your fingers close to her eyes, she blinks and kind of like searches like her eyes back and forth, but she doesn't appear to respond otherwise. Well, I guess that's good for something right now. And Seabold will just kind of start <laughs> like actually like getting like water and things and just like start preparing for having folks sit down and process their grief. <laughs> He's just like, all right, well, I guess I can just make myself useful. I think once Siebold starts doing that, B is going to try and regulate her emotions and go over to Delphine and like put a hand on her shoulder, being like, are you in there? Mm. <laughs> uh, she flinches at the contact. Um, okay, that's what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> this is all in zero G, so you're just like, flinging. yeah. <laughs> Roger, that's a great point. <laughs> I mean, I have mag boots, so yeah, I think you could activate your perhaps mag boots. I okay. I'm gonna assume that she activated the mag boots as she was coming out because uh, she was sure. she was mad. She heard yeah. that things weren't correct. She did not do that. Someone else fucked it all up. Yep. And then she stepped out and stopped. Um, but I think she'll flinch at that hand contact and um, she'll turn and look at it like very slowly. And then she does meet B's eyes. But it doesn't quite look like Delphine is back in there yet. Hey, what's going on? Can you talk? She just shakes her head. Okay. Okay. Jack, you get back at that point. All right, y'all, what's the sit rep down here? Because sit rep up top is real weird. Yeah, it's real weird down here uh, too, it's, Jack. It's, yeah, it's more of the same here, yeah. All right, what's uh, what's going on with Cameron? What's what's uh, What do we got? He, he's dead. Sorry, run. Yeah, I, I thought you were here for that part. <laughs> I, I thought I was, like, immediately bouncing. Yeah, you immediately bounced. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. Life happens too fast. Anyway, I got some... I got a little hydration pack here and kind of just like holds this out in an effort to just be helpful to Delphine and yeah, just trying to be helpful. All right. <laughs> I think she just takes it and looks at it. It's pretty clear to Jack that Delphine's not okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. First things first, Jack goes back to the cryopod, grabs a second beer, gives it to Delphine. Um, Seabold, <laughs> do me a favor since uh, we might as well make use of this zero G. You want to go ahead and get um, you want to get Cameron's body to the medical bay just so that we can get it somewhere out of the way for the moment. Yeah, sure. Just another quest. Uh, B, you want to tell me what's going on? Uh, uh, Delphine's not doing great after we found Cameron dead, and. There was some sort of message on his hand terminal, and I can't make sense of it, Jack, right now. I just I just can't deal with this right now. All right. Uh, hey, Seabold, you want to get his hand terminal off there real quick? Just chuck it back to yeah. me. 
Um, sure, I guess. And Seabold just tries to, not even really thinking about it, tries to throw the hand terminal your way. And... <laughs> yeah, it coasts across zero G. Oh, yeah, that's going to get there in about 30 seconds. All right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, Jack, this is bad. Uh, it... <laughs> Yeah, um, so <laughs> here's what I found out. Uh, we are uh, somewhere in the goddamn Kuiper Belt. What? Yeah, we're near, probably near some kind of mining station. Um, something something run by Valkyrie, because of course it is, because they all are. But um, yeah, evidently we immediately changed course upon leaving, um, and we lost, uh, we lost contact to the Omninet and SatNav about two hours ago. So, um... How did this happen? I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, <laughs> B, in the, the recording that you listened to, it does sound like the plan was for Cameron to change the nav heading to ah. pick up an associate of his that was a spy on the Valkyrie station. Jack takes a second and listens to the, to the audio I, logs. Um, and, in fact, I will probably download those over to Jack's hand terminal just so I've got them. So, Cameron did this? Uh, I mean, it certainly sounds like it. I, I did ask Eva to say if um, if anybody had gotten on the ship, uh, if anybody had accessed the ship. She told me there had been no unauthorized accesses, which, as I'm saying that, hey, Eva. Yes, Team Lead Pilsner. I know you told me there were no unauthorized accesses of the ship since we left. Could you uh, Could you just tell me if there were any authorized accesses on the ship since we've been gone? Medical officer Redham accessed the nav systems shortly after the crew entered stasis. He used his authorization code as medical officer to override the previous navigation heading established by you, Team Lead Pilsner. Interesting. And there, there's been nothing else accessing the ship since then? No other authorized uh, accesses? Negative. Alright. Well, at least he didn't give out his credentials to anybody else, it seems like. Alright. Um. Well, first things first, we are... Uh, I mean, might as well be in a goddamn Faraday cage out here. We got no access to the outside. Um, presumably, there's something that's been fucked up out front on the uh, on the navigations array, which I don't know if that was intentional or if it's from just being out here with all these asteroids. I'm gonna say, B, you you do what you do. You go ahead and get suited up and uh, get ready for uh, a tussle because we gotta figure out where the fuck we are and who's who's out here with us. Yes, sir. Quick point of order, Jack. Um, you would have noticed uh, when um, interfacing with Ava earlier that um, you are docked at the forward airlock. Ah, oh, good. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm also just from my hand terminal going to do a quick check. Are there any other systems that have, rather, aside from gravity, obviously, because we don't have any because we're not under thrust. Yeah. Um, are there any other systems that are not at 100%? Everything reads out as normal. The only thing that doesn't seem to be working is anything that requires communication out elsewhere. Interesting. Okay. Um, wait a sec. Sorry, the, there should be a, a backup of Cameron's memories. It would be saved elsewhere, not locally. Oh, ah, okay. So there's no local backups for that. Nope. <sighs> All right. If we can get, if we can get backup accessing uh, OmniNet, whatnot... We can probably get a backup of whatever Cameron saw right before he died, which means we can probably figure out what's going on here. 
Uh, and I'm hoping to God it didn't mean that he uh, had a cyanide pill or something. Upon wondering about this, Ava can provide you with tech readout on the stasis pod. Oh, yeah. Like, does the pod look like it's been sabotaged or anything? No. In fact, looking at the data, it looks like there was a malfunction in life support in his pod. Interesting. How long ago was that? Eight days ago. Uh, and our our trip was longer than that, correct? Like 21. Um, do any of the uh, messages on his hand terminal line up with being about eight days ago? No. And based on the cryopod logs, he did not wake up at any time uh, once he laid down after accessing the ship's nav computer. Interesting. Okay. Um, Nick, you can keep trying to make him sound innocent. We know he's not. He intended to die. I'm presenting the information, <laughs> and you can make whatever inferences you may. Tanner, that goddamn <laughs> cuddly son of a bitch. <laughs> um, all right. And you do know from the audio recordings, he did genuinely care about you guys. He wanted to make sure you guys were all down in cryo, and there was no complications, and everyone was doing good before he went off and did his own thing. All right. Uh, realizing that we have not engaged with Delphine uh, in the last several minutes trying to figure this out, Jack looks over to see if she has had any of the beer that he handed her or if she's just been floating. Um, I think as you are looking at her, she has managed to just finish shotgunning the beer. Excellent. <laughs> how does that work, by the way? Does it just kind of spray all over the place or like how's No, this... we're quick. Mm. We have these uh -huh. skills. We've been... We've been... <laughs> Uh -huh. Space partying for a while. Shotgunning a beer in zero G. I'm fascinated. Yeah, if there's one thing you guys have figured out, it's how to shotgun a beer in zero G. Yeah. It's a fucking frat house. Uh. <laughs> I'm just doing a quick Google search on that one, see if uh, any of our Honest, Canadian friends I... have done this. Adam, the Omni-Net is down. All right. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I was hoping maybe Chris Hadfield had, uh, had done it. But anyway, um, all right. Uh, hey, hey, Delphine, you wanna, you doing okay over there? I'm fantastic. Why do you ask? That's what I like to hear. Lies. Uh, do me a favor, <laughs> won't you just come on with me? And, um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just gently grab her by the wrist and, uh, see if I can get us up to the, uh, deck three. Um, so that even though we're still floating around in just being in the, the community area. Yeah. She'll come with you. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, presumably, we would be passing by where we had sent Seabold. So yep. if we see Seabold, I will yell out and tell him to come on with us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. And um, I'm actually going to try to, like, check the body to see if there's anything else, like, on him while I'm, like, doing this. Loot the sure. body. <laughs> <laughs> Loot the body. Um, I mean, you don't find anything out of the ordinary, you just find his normal personal effects, nothing damning, nothing uh, out of the ordinary. Damn. All right. Um, you find his money clip. <laughs> I find his money. I find his money clip. I'll actually, I'll actually leave that. I'll, I'll leave that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm like, whatever. It's not much anyway. Um, and I guess a, a point of order here. Where am I putting this body? Is this just in the medical bay? Is med this bay. where I'm putting this? Med bay okay. on deck four. Okay, so I'm putting this in the med bay here, and um, I'm putting him in here, and I'm like, man, I feel like I know so little about you. Like, I just learned this whole thing about you, and now you're fucking dead. It's weird how that shit happens, I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> Seabold <laughs> turns to leave. 
good talk. <laughs> that's what a three on a sanity check is. Yeah, that's a three on a sanity check. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, everybody is now on deck three in the galley. All right, team. Uh, this looks not great. And every second that we're out here is a potential second for us to have something weird happen to us. And I swear to God, I just want to get back. I don't want to deal with any more weird shit. I'm <laughs> we, we have just found this and we are already three weeks off of this. The company's going to be so fucking pissed. They're going to dock our pay for this. And I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. So let's just try and get this done as fast as we can. All right. Yes. All right. We know that our buddy here, Cameron, was part of some pro-labor uh, organization, and we're out here presumably to pick up one of his buddies. It sounds like things went real bad, and now we're out here with nothing. I'm going to say this. Uh, now would be a real great time to just go ahead and air out if any of y'all are also... Uh, with this Take Back the Sky movement, it would make things a whole lot easier. I'm not going to be mad. I just want to make sure nobody's going to knife me in the back. B slowly shakes her head and looks at the others. Delphine shakes her head. Seabold? Seabold is, like, sitting there, like, surprised that anybody's even looking at him about this. Of like, <laughs> are you are all serious? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I'm not. No, no. Yeah, no, nah, sometimes it's just good to get clarification yeah sometimes. you know same way like they ask you if if you're cool with like you know helping in case of an emergency you need the the auditory confirmation i get that sure all right but the answer is no excellent <laughs> so presumably we got nobody else out of here now i'm gonna tell you this i well my feelings towards uh the take back the sky movement are as diverse and myriad as they are, I don't want to talk about them right now. But the moral of the story is uh, we need to make sure that nobody is trying to get into our ship and uh, commandeer it or otherwise cause problems for us. Uh, ways I see it, we should probably check uh, check the bunks, maybe uh, maybe check Cameron's stuff, see if he's got any other stuff on him. Seabold, did you find anything on him? No, uh, you know... I it was really just the hand terminal, I think, was the only thing of note. All right, well, they always say don't go through another man's hand terminal, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go through it here in just a minute, just in case. But um, otherwise, if uh, if one or two of y'all want to go ahead and maybe poke through his stuff and uh, see if he's got any other things hidden on him uh, or hidden in his effects, probably one or two of us are going to need to go outside the ship here in a minute and uh, see if we can see what's going on with the navigation array. And we are docked at whatever this place is, which means if we're going to go in there and see what's going on, we probably need to be united front just to make sure. And it does occur to you that being docked and having nobody coming to knock on the door, having been here for, according to the ship's logs, two hours. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if it is supposed to be an unmanned station, presumably we should have at least had the guy. Yes. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't want to open that front door until uh, until we're all together and we got a better idea what's going on here because sounds like a great way to, at the very least, get somebody shanking us in the side of the head and stealing our ship. And we got too many payments left on this thing for that. <laughs> so who wants to go check out Cameron's stuff? Or does anybody else have a better idea? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real honest here. I'm going to open this up to the floor. I'm not drunk enough to deal with this kind of shenanigans. <laughs> um, so if anyone's got something, I'm happy to listen. I think we should just do what we can to get the hell out of here. I mean, I guess it would be helpful to know what we're walking into, and so I guess if Cameron has anything 
and his stuff. I mean, I guess that could be helpful. So yeah. Oh, I will forward um, all the all the like course information and like all the information about the base limited though it was that Eva was able to pull up. I will push that to everybody else's hand terminals just so that everybody's got it. Yeah. Hey, hey, Delphine, why don't you um, why don't you just sit here for a minute and and uh, get yourself together and uh, maybe uh, how about me and B? Why, why don't we go check out Cameron's stuff and see if we can lay eyes on anything fun? Seabold, you want to keep an eye on Delphine just to make sure that uh, she's good. Can do, boss. And you just see like a little salute. Let's go, Jack. That's fine. And I'm going to start making my way. Making my way downtown, you might say. <laughs> Floating fast. Yep. So, yeah, you're already on deck three, um, which is where the bunks are located. Deck three being the galley and hab, which is kitchen bunks, common space where you're standing now. You guys basically have just a little alcove with a bed. You don't really have your own rooms or anything. Right. So, like, uh, it doesn't take hardly any time at all to kind of toss Cameron's uh, bunk and his storage compartments. And you don't find anything that seems to be important to the situation at hand. Okay. While we are away, Jack's going to just touch me on the shoulder and go, Does any of this... um?" Any of this seem familiar to you? Just a bit. Yeah, I got. I'm not getting the best vibes about this. Uh, I mean, I guess any day that starts with one of your buddies dying isn't really a, a day to have good vibes at all. But you know what I'm saying here. Like, <laughs> this um, something seems more not right than normal. I'm scared. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't love what's going on here. Um. I, I will say, if we can if we can get back on the Omninet at all, or if we can jury-rig something to get something or other, we should be able to, uh, at the very least, check in. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I mean, as much as firearms in space are a bad idea, uh, I, I'd say maybe just, you know, keep something on you, because um, we don't know what's waiting for us on the other side of here, and I've only got my revolver with me, and that's not going to do a whole lot if, if we got people armed with mining equipment, or God knows what else. Well, it's my job to keep you all safe. Yeah. Uh, point of order, Nick. As we were leaving Jupiter, do we have any stuff in our cargo area? No, you got done with a job dropping dropping stuff off on uh, Ganymede. Interesting. And you were on the way to Pluto to do a pickup. Got it. All right. I'm going to do as the man asks and, like, suit up into, like, my combat suit and grab my pulse rifle and everything and, like, be ready. Sounds good. Yeah, Jack actually also has um, some light armor. What the hell is it called? Uh, if only I could play this game. No, uh, the standard battle dress. Uh, yeah. So uh, Jack's going to pull that on, too, just so we got it. I'm assuming that would fit under any sort of uh, outside work clothing, like the spacesuits and whatnot. Uh, it, well, it wouldn't... Um... It would be like in place, like, so if you wanted to put on a vac suit, you would have to take off, like, the body armor. Ah, interesting. Okay. Um, well, that's fine. Then, uh, yeah, I think he'll still put that on for now. You guys do have two vac suits, and then you do have IVA suits, which are spacesuits that are designed to, like, mitigate Gs, and also if the ship were to depressurize. But they're not rated for long periods of time outside of the ship. That's what the VAC suits or EVA suits would be. Got it. But you have IVA suits, for one for each crew member. All right. Delphine and Siebold. 
Seabull just kind of lets himself float, like, holding on to the wall. I see you didn't touch your hydration pack. But I drank the beer. Yeah, I, I guess that's better than nothing. Are you feeling okay? Never better. I mean, I know that this is like a weird time in... I don't know, what is time anyway? But just in general, I, I don't know. I just want you to know I'm here if you need to talk, you know? I appreciate that. I know you were here for me before. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... I mean, I wouldn't even be here doing this job if it weren't for you, and so, you know, I, I, I think, like, you know, just that I owe a lot to you, and, you know, I think our, you know, we, we, we should have each other's back, you know? Yeah. Also, can I get that on a recording? <laughs> I owe a lot to you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and Seabold will just be like, you bitch. <laughs> At that point, the entire ship shakes. Oh, goodness. Yes, that's our cue. Oh, God. Eva, what the fuck was that? All ship systems read nominal. Yeah, great. It is probable the disturbance was caused by shockwaves from an impact or explosion aboard the station we are docked. Fucking hell. Um, our, our hand uh, communicators are, uh, they're all locally connected, so we can chat with each other, right? Correct. All right. Yeah, Jack's going to click on and say, hey, you two, we're, uh, we're coming back. we got to figure out what the fuck's going on. Why don't y'all go ahead and suit up? Already ahead of you. Suit, suit. Yeah. You guys suit up. Doesn't take you too long to do that. Um, and then where where do you reconvene? Back on deck three or uh, you're just heading straight to the forward airlock? Um, I would think the forward airlock. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and just meet up at the forward airlock. I mean, we got to sort of pass by each other anyway. But um, real quick, I don't know if I can do this remotely or if I have to be uh, at the, the bridge or navigation to do this. But um, uh, I do want to issue a command to Eva not to I guess to to shut down until I unlock her if that makes sense so if somebody else gets on board because like I, I don't know what our um uh like what audio passwords or whatever there are um access can actually be keyed to your CNI the chip that you guys all have implanted mm. and Ava can interface with those and recognize you guys approaching like the airlock to let you guys in and no one else Okay. Yeah, if uh just go ahead and, and please just go ahead and lock that down so it's just people with authorized CNIs. Uh also please uh go ahead and deauthorize Cameron um just in case. Affirmative team lead Pilsner. Thank you very much. Uh and then I will continue on. Yeah, we don't want the ghost of Cameron going around the ship. Or somebody using his body to open doors or whatever. The weekend at Bernie's Cameron. Truly. <laughs> Weekend at Tanner's. Weekend at Tanner's. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Again, we still don't have any uh, any glass here, right? Like, this is all cameras no. and things. I mean, from the bridge, you could pull up a display. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to just get a quick look and see where, sure. like, what the outside looks like. 
Yeah, so you guys standing on the bridge, which you have to go through the bridge to get to the forward airlock anyway, the display screen comes online and it appears that you guys are docked through your forward airlock, the nose of the ship, to a large ring station. Looks like something that was built modularly and over the top of that module that you're attached to, you can just make out the kind of ring shape. Um, You don't have a whole lot of visibility on space around just because the station is basically filling the entire viewport. Sure. Do we, um, just just confirm that we are where we think we are, are there any, uh, like anything written on the outside of it? Like, um, just like saying what the name of the station is? Not that you can see from this angle. Okay. Ava's computer says that uh, VKR-774 is what it's listed as in in the system. Sure. Um, but uh, beyond that, you don't know. Okay. And also, uh, the recording on Cameron's terminal called the station Continuum. Interesting. Which um, is the title of the chapter. What? What? He said what? it. He said it. That's the name <laughs> of Roll the game. Roll credits. Name drop, baby. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Um, uh-huh. And here I was thinking we were doing a time travel. Anyway, all right, that's fine. Um, uh, can we confirm that the station has atmosphere that, that we're docked to? Yes. Yeah, that's a standard like readout that happens at the airlock. That like anytime a ship is docked to an airlock, um, it automatically will read up atmospheric information on what's on the other side of the door. All right. Just as like a standard practice wherever you go, that's that's just a thing. Um, and it does look like atmosphere is normal on the other side. Excellent. Um, all right. All right, y'all. Uh, if you don't have something that shoots, grab something heavy just in case you got to bean someone. And, uh, let's see what we got. And I will click the button to get us out of our ship. Yep. Standing in the airlock, which, like, it's a little disorienting because the forward airlock, the door is, like, the ceiling, basically. But you're currently in zero-G, um, so that doesn't really mean much. The door slides open, and red beads come flowing into the room suspended in the air blood Mm. and you see that there is a body in a vac suit floating on the other side of the airlock door Mm. bullet holes through its chest and a damaged hand terminal floating nearby everyone, Nick Yarsiva here, your warden of the mothership game that is this season of Fables Around the Table. I sound a little bit different because I am recording this at our condo in Florida at 2 o'clock in the morning because I forgot to record this at home. We did full intros in episode 0, but for a speed round, Caitlin Camp is a Fables veteran having appeared on Seasons Lost, Candlelight, and Greetings from Hell. Roger Page is also a Fables veteran, having appeared in seasons Tainted Love, Lost, and Greetings from Hell. Roger also plays Remix on our Masks podcast, Cape Chronicles, and he's a streamer. Catch his streams at twitch.tv slash Roger. That's M-I-S-T-E-R-R-O-D-G-E-R. Andy, a.k.a. Bam Crash Kapow, is a variety streamer. Catch her streams at twitch.tv slash Bam Crash Kapow. 
Adam Seats is the co-author of any award-winning adventure, One Night Strahd, a remix of the Curse of Strahd adventure intended to be played in a single sitting. One Night Strahd is currently available for purchase on DMs Guild. Special shout out to Tanner, who conspired with me the whole process leading up to this first episode. Tanner plays Marco Astorio on Tales of the Voidfarer, our D&D 5e actual play podcast set in the Spelljammer setting. Lastly, as I said at the top, I am Nick Yoresiva, your warden. I am the creator and GM of any nominated Tales of the Voidfarer and co-creative head here at Project Derailed. Huge shout out to our producer, Chelsea Rexinger, who is tackling technical editing this season. Chelsea is involved with every fable in one form or another, and she plays Royale on Cape Chronicles. Special thanks to Anna Kolar, Garrett Kimmel, and Cliff B for lending their voices this episode. Anna has done voiceover for past fable seasons like Tiffany and Lost. Garrett has appeared in Fables, Curse, and She. His band Northern Weather is releasing their first album on vinyl soon. Check them out, Northern Weather, on Spotify and social media. And last but certainly not least, Cliff is the GM for Cape Chronicles, has appeared on seasons Firelight and Greetings from Hell, and is one half of the nerdcore rap group 2D6. Check them out at bandcamp.2d6.com. Thank you to the band Highland Rose for use of their song Before I Disappear off the EP Dark Times. If you like all the content we create here at Project Derailed, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash projectderailed. And lastly, feel free to join us on the Project Derailed community discord for all kinds of wacky discussion, games, memes, and more. Projectderailed.com slash discord. I'm going to gently grab that hand terminal and um, close the door again. (laughs) I'm going to step back in the airlock and go, all right, hang on. We got new information. (laughs) You notice the hand terminal appears to have been clipped by a bullet and is no longer functioning. Hey, hey, Seabold, can you, um, do you have any way to try and get data off of this thing? Doesn't look like it's going to be turning on anytime soon. Uh, it looks pretty well broke to me but I'll give it a shot and I'll kind of just turn it over in my hands and give it a an investigation here. sure as you turn it over in your hand it actually uh, breaks and the short throw projector of it uh, just kind of like floats uh, uh, away um, it doesn't look like there's any repairing this yeah I should be able to have it fixed in about <laughs> 10 years Jack alright thanks people. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you no problem Always, always helping the team. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Click the button again to open the door. (laughs) Y'all watch out for that blood just in case. That's just a general contaminant. That's good safety (laughs) procedures, but also God knows what. Yep. Uh, And I will open the door again. (laughs) So you see this body floating there, and they do have a name tag stitched into the vac suit. It is Ira Darnell, which was the name of the person that Cameron was coming to get. All right. Well... We got our payload, I guess. <laughs> um, and, like this person is very obviously dead, correct? Oh yes. Okay. Um, um, I mean, the blood floating in the air looks like not fresh, fresh, but within a couple hours old. All right. Uh, all right. I'm gonna look to the crew. Uh, all right. What? I'm at a little bit of a loss here. What do you think's the best idea first? We should uh 
check and see what's up with our communications or see what's going on on this godforsaken station. Security protocol would be to clear the area. Well, I'm gonna trust our security officer then. Let's, uh, let's get securing. All right. All right. Yeah, I start pushing forward and gun up and ready and try to get a lay of the land. Sounds good. You move into the chamber that this body is floating in, which appears to be an airlock of its own. Printed in big letters on the wall is ADC-6B. ADC, you would know, stands for Airlock and Docking Connector. And then through the door on the other side of this chamber, which is only about like maybe three or four meters in any direction, kind of square chamber, the is another door identical to the one you pass through that continues onwards. Printed on that door is Module 06. And uh, based on what you'd said before, Andy, uh, you'd be pushes forward through that door yes all right so the door slides open and you get the impression that you're actually looking up from bottom of the interior of this module which makes sense because you're docked to the outside of the ring which isn't rotating at the moment so there's no gravity but it looks like this station was designed to spin generating centripetal gravity which would pull everyone to the outside so the first thing you notice is this module was designed with the floors being outward. So you're actually floating in from the bottom. And it appears to be a general commons area. Printed on the wall is CCM, Crew Commons Module. It looks like it's three decks, and the central deck has a large circular hole in the middle of it with railings that extend away from you because you're looking up through it. And beyond that is a massive observation coppola, this huge window that looks out and you can see the ring of the station extend out to either way and connect all the way across on the other side. But what draws your attention beyond the ring of the station itself is a black disc in space where not even stars shine through. And you see a nearby asteroid break apart, fluoresce into orange light that begins to encircle, creating a Saturn-like halo around this black hole. What the fuck? What? Uh, this isn't great. <laughs> okay, change of plans. We need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why we were here in the first place, but I agree. I, I sure hope we can, because um, our navigation doesn't fucking work. And, uh, all right, well, <laughs> um, I see, Bolt, you want to you wanna get back to ship, put on one of them EVA suits, and maybe uh, go take a look and see what's going on with our navigation array, see if you can't get that back working. Um, quick point of order. It looks like the main power of the station is off currently. There are red emergency lights on where that seem to be using the station's backup power. Mm-hmm. And after you're getting over the shock of seeing the black hole, you see off to the left on the ring of the station that you can make out from this large window. It appears a module four or five around the ring appears to have very recently exploded, which was probably the vibration that you felt in the ship. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's also more bodies floating in here, by the way. Oh, oh, great. Oh, you cool. don't say. And you bury the lead on that one. <laughs> there, oh, by the way. One on yeah. top of there. 
to my credit, I figured the black hole through the big giant window was uh, what would immediately draw your attention. That's that's yeah. valid and fair, and I respect that. Yeah, not the not the body. Are, are all of the bodies like shot or? You don't know. You'll have to get a closer look. I would like to get a closer look. Thank you, Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, you float upwards. It looks like the the first, the lowest deck in this module appears to be a galley. It, it's set up where basically a crew can get food and eat it down here. There's tables and stuff that are bolted to the ground. Floating up through this large central hole in the middle deck, it appears to be like a general recreation area. There's like couches and lounges. Um, there's display screens. And then there's two separate decks that are even one above, each to either side of this giant window. Um, and it looks like up there appears to be exercise equipment, and on the other side appears to be um, some sort of like media library. There's dust everywhere. It doesn't look like this area was used a whole lot. And the bodies floating in here, several of them appear to be like in battle dress, like uh, security officers, and others appear to be just like roughneck crew. Okay. But Seabold, go ahead and make me an intellect check. Mm-hmm. If you are trained in field medicine or anything that you think might be related to that, uh, let me know if you want to try something. I do not, but that's a 15 on the die, 48 intellect. Oh, yeah. The person that you're looking at now does not appear to have died by bullet wounds. They almost look like they have some sort of lesion on their face and neck that is blushed like... um, something irritated the skin there but it's not even an open wound and they're very dead but other than that you don't actually see any sort of wounds or uh anything like that so like something internally you're not sure i mean the way the bodies are spread out floating in this chamber it appears that they died violently um Mm -hmm. just because it's kind of scattered and everywhere and you know the security officers have their guns out but there's no wound on this person you're looking at and you kind of glance around and you see that some of the crew like not the security officers um, mm-hmm. some of the crew do seem like they've been shot but the security officer you're looking at now does not mm-hmm. and is there any blood there's blood around the ones that have been shot mm-hmm. i'm just gonna go ahead and like yeet that body in the direction of the crew and just be like uh y'all might want to look at how this person um Like, a lot of other people have been shot in here. This person clearly has not been shot, but they are also very dead. And I just want to say, that doesn't make sense. Normally, I would just ask Cameron about this, but obviously, you know, he's out of commission. Mm. Quick point of order. On this middle deck, it looks like there's another bulkhead door that heads laterally, like, towards the center of the ring of the station. Um, That appears to be another airlock. And then to either end of the, like, large cylindrical module, which is itself, like, probably 50 or so meters long, and there's uh, bulkhead doors on either end. Uh, One is labeled PMA-7-6, and the other is PMA-6-5. And you get the impression those are probably to access the two adjoining modules in the ring. Um, The other thing you notice is that there appears to be a computer terminal located on the wall on this middle deck. I was going to ask about that. Is there any way we could tap into that, maybe? Yeah, kind of float over to it. And as you approach, it alights under the emergency backup power of the station. And it looks like it's the kind of terminal that would be for an AI that would be voice activated. But short of voice activation, um, if you don't know like the AI's name to access it, there is a manual way to like flip it on. 
I will flip it on. And uh, you hear a voice, male with a British accent. Hello, I am Isaac, Continuum Station's integrated subsystem and administrative client. How can I be of service? Isaac, can you just, in a 50 words or less, can you tell me what, uh, what happened to all your crew here? Unfortunately, I'm unable to rightfully say. It appears that some of my systems have been corrupted. Great. Uh, I don't suppose you happen to have a, uh, a blueprint of the whole operation here by chance you could just uh, send to me? Of course. Apologies, however. This level of data information is behind green level security clearance. Do you have a green level security fob? You know what? I bet I can go find someone real quick. And I, I look, I cast about the room to all of these uh, floating bodies to see if anyone has anything that obviously looks like one of these key cards. Uh, yeah, and actually, uh, Ira had one. Ah. It's a small, almost coin-shaped plastic fob that he had on one of those belt thingies. <laughs> All right, y'all, we're going 20th century video game rules here. Be sure you look for any of these uh, key cards. And uh, Jack will flop on back over to the to the computer, and, and uh, if it looks like there's somewhere like uh, an NFC reader or something like that, um, he'll tap it to it. Yeah, access granted. Displaying station map. And it will pull up a map. All right. And just looking at this real quick, can we estimate which one of these probably blew up? Um, it looks like it's probably module 10. 10. So the power systems, which are connected to the fusion generator. Um, all right. So that also means that if we want to be able to get over to the guidance area, we're going to have to go all the way the fuck around. Uh, oh, oh, but there's another vessel on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. And that would be through the other airlock I mentioned. Oh, shit. Um, all right, y'all. I, I got I got a real bad feeling about this. Um, why don't we maybe go check and see who that other ship is real quick? Just uh, just just in case our ship gets compromised. It'd be real nice to know if we got to back up to get out of here. Isn't our ship already compromised? I mean, it'll go. We just don't know where we are. And that, I mean, that, I guess that's as good as dead. Um, <laughs> you know what? You know what? You got a fair point there, Seabold. Why, uh, why don't we just go ahead and um, why don't we maybe go check out that ship first and foremost? Unless one of y'all got a better idea. Mm-hmm. I'll lead the way. I think you just see that Seabold seems very self-satisfied <laughs> with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> now, while you're at the terminal, Jack, yeah, in the recording... It's up to you whether Jack actually gives a shit. It does sound like that guy, Ira, was collecting data against Valkyrie and had saved it across all the terminals. Oh, that's true. So if you can insert his pin on this terminal, it probably has data that he hid here. Yeah, I will I will ask Isaac if there's a way to get to a, a place to enter a pin in, and then I will do that. Yeah, so you could ask for a menu, and he will go through and, like, list off everything you could do from this terminal although many things are behind certain clearances so like station map and uh, individual modules uh, information is all under station configuration and then under subsystems there's crew health uh, crew health care system environmental control and life support uh, computers and data management there you can access data hidden behind a pin okay yeah i'll i'll enter iris pin yeah uh, you type in 960873 and immediately pops up an audio file. Oh. 
Thank you everyone for joining us today for our Valkyrie Enterprises Quarter 1 2115 Investor Meeting here at the beautiful Alto Real Olympus Mons Resort. For those of you not able to make the trip out to Mars and are attending via Satlink, you're missing one hell of a view. As you should know by now, I am Langdon Porter, Chief Innovations Officer. I know you are all extra excited because my assistant, Jalen, was verifying your non-disclosure agreement status as you walked in. And everyone knows that means we're finally going to spill the beans on some juicy stuff. What we're going to talk about today will revolutionize not only this company, but also all of mankind. Humanity is a force that pushes ever outward. We started on a single continent, on a single planet, around a single star. We didn't stay on that continent, and we sure didn't stay on that planet. And while we are quickly expanding to every corner of this solar system, other stars await us too. It is only a matter of time until humanity gains the means to make the journey to them. And I can assure you with confidence today, friends, that journey will be on the wings of Valkyrie. <laughs> Introducing Project Continuum. Please direct your attention to the AR slides I have just synced to your CNIs. Most of you will recall our acquisition of TN Mining Group earlier last year. TN is responsible for the Kuiper Belt Survey Initiative. Their fleet of tens of thousands of autonomous unmanned probes regularly provide us with detailed orbital and spectroscopic data of mineable Kuiper Belt objects. On September 14, 2113, TN's KBSI probes discovered an aberrant object deep within the Kuiper Belt at 88 astronomical units from the sun. This object would turn out to be a primordial black hole about the mass of Neptune, yet with only a radius of about six inches. They would dub this object TN1343. This alone would be a huge discovery in its own right, but in a stable orbit around TN1343, they found object T13 a vessel of non-human origin. The very first tangible evidence of intelligent alien life. Within object T13 was the organic remains of several deceased organisms, presumably the crew. But more notably, they found otherworldly technology, some of which seems to affect the properties of TN1343. We believe this vessel was able to manipulate the black hole in such a way as to achieve faster than light travel, and we here at Valkyrie will find out how. Now that our acquisition of TN Mining Group is complete and their logs and data obtained, construction has begun on Valkyrie Kuiper Research Station 774, nicknamed Continuum. It is at this station we will spearhead the FTL research that will someday take humanity beyond this system and to the stars. 
and make us billions. <laughs>
B, it looks like a a mass of tentacles. As it lunged at her, it's splayed out in 12 tentacles that are each about a meter long, connecting into uh, like a starfish-like body um, with a toothed mouth in the middle with eyes that ring the outside. Uh, you just get a flash of a, a, a glimpse of it in its full form before it latches onto B's head and wraps its tentacles around. B, as soon as this happens, you feel a sudden tingling sensation and your muscles begin to seize as they're receive electrical signals that do not come from your brain and you raise your gun and fire at jack and i need you to make a combat roll no i don't want to do this i'm really good at combat (laughs) that's an 18 of course that's gonna gonna succeed go ahead and roll damage well now i know why some of the crew was shot how do I roll damage? What is that on my? So the the stats uh, for the gun will s- say you have a pulse rifle. Three d ten. Three d ten. Oh my god. That is eighteen. Uh yeah, Jack, you take eighteen points of damage. Um, that'll destroy your armor first, and then whatever the difference is after the armor's AP get carried over. All right. I'm so really sorry. The armor's AP was seven. Yep. Uh, and you said 18 damage? Yeah, so yes. you'll take 11. Uh, all right, so I'm still... Uh, I, I've still got two health on this wound. So I'm... That's great. That's mm. real great. Um, uh, B, I, would, I need you... Uh, don't forget to mark stress from uh, your failed uh, save earlier. Or that that's two failed saves, so you take two more stress. And... Okay, so uh, that all occurred. Uh, Seabold, Jack, and Delphine, what are you doing? I would like to shoot the horrible monster thing. Yeah, go ahead. Make a combat roll. Let's see. Uh, I rolled a 49, and my combat is a 39, so that did not succeed. Yep, so you miss. Great. Uh, mark stress. Anytime you anytime you fail a roll, you mark stress. Uh, all right, so that puts me at three stress. All right. Uh, what other actions do I have at the moment? <laughs> it's pretty loosey goosey. Um, so it's like I'm kind of like you could do one, one maybe two things. Um, if it makes sense that they go together. Um, so like I, I generally um think it makes the most sense to like uh you can do a thing and then move. Um, but if there's anything specific you want to do, we can talk it out. I mean, if if I can try and shoot it twice, I only have a revolver on me. If if I can try shooting it twice, that would be cool. If I can't, um, I don't know. Maybe throwing another one of the bodies at. Uh, I'll let you take another shot at, at it. B. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you take another shot at it. Sure. Let's see. That was a thirty-seven, which succeeds. Okay. Go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, it does a D ten damage, uh, and that is eight damage. Uh, B, you take eight damage. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that would be the case. It does too, by the way, but uh, it doesn't react in any meaningful way. Uh, does B? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, I. I'm uncertain of how much control I have over my own body right now. Here's the deal: your muscles are seizing up, but you do have like a little bit of control to like fight it um, enough that you can shout. Although it's probably a little forced since like your your muscles are receiving this these like electrical pulses causing you to like seize 
the damage you took was not from the gunshot wound. It was from this thing literally electrocuting you when it took damage. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Fine. Yeah. Trying to think if I can use that knowledge in any way right now. Um. Can I see anything? Because it's on my face. It is on your face. You can't see anything. Um. Can I tell? I, can I? Is it? So so I know I've been shot now, at least. Yes. Um. She's going to shout. Oh, Jesus, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But just alerting, like, yeah, that hurt me, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And Jack, you pick up on that. Delphine and Seabold, what are we doing? So just to clarify, this is like basically a starfish stuck on (laughs) Bee's face. It's more like a squid than a starfish. Okay. It has it has like long, narrow tentacles that kind of. Uh, splay out into spade-like appendages on the end and it all comes together in like a central mouthed hub that is very kind of reminiscent of a starfish. Charming. And is it like stuck to be or is like the tentacles extended It has out? its tentacles wrapped around her head. Got you. So the main hub of this beast, where is this beast mostly? On B's head. Got you. Okay. <laughs> Noted. That's the part that I wanted to clarify. I'm like, is this yeah. just like tentacles from across the room, or is this like tentacles wrapped around the head while also being on B's head? Yeah. Got you. Am I close enough to uh, use my rigging gun? Sure. It's close range. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and try uh, rigging it up and see if I can pull that sucker off. Yeah, go for it. Uh, go, okay. go ahead and make a combat roll. So you kind of push off from like the railing um, over and like uh, the there's a ladder that kind of goes between all the decks that's near uh, PMA 7-6 that this thing came out of. And you're able to grab that and brace yourself on that because um, you are in zero G to try and get this thing off of B. What was that combat roll? It is a 29 and my combat is 36. That succeeds. So, uh, you have uh, the damage info for your your thing. Uh, yes, I think it's one d10 plus two d10 when removed. So I guess just right off the bat, it's one d10. Got it. Sure. I think that's how that reads. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's roll that. Uh, oh, it is a ten. Okay. Um, <laughs> B, you take ten more damage. Yep, I'm. I'm really. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry my... that I'm sorry that I'm rolling really well right now. So is that that is one wound for you? Um, I'm on my second wound right okay, now. Okay, so your first wound we had we have to do a thing. So when you get to your first wound, you oh. gotta let me know. Um, sorry. and then uh, no, no, no problems. We're all learning this game together. Uh, go ahead and roll a d10 for me. Okay, I'll try this one. That's a six. A six. That is going to be a major injury. Um, so this thing, um. As, uh, oh man, yeah. Uh, so it, it convulses when it took damage. Uh, was that from the shot earlier when, when Jack shot it? Was when you took the first wound? Yes. So when it got shot, um, it convulsed and you felt a pulse of electricity, but it also constricted and you feel your collarbone snap. Oh, oh my God. That's not ideal. Nope. Nick. And then it convulses again when Seabold hits it. Has it been apparent that it's like electrical like convulsing or is um, that 
it's I mean, you see B's body like her muscles straining and convulsing. Um, whether or not yeah, that's electrical based, I, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, um, I think Delphine's uh, in the meantime watching how like this damage has been occurring has pulled on some rubber insulating gloves from her where'd it go her electronic toolkit um mostly meant to prevent you know herself from getting electrocuted but she moves she says stop shooting and get it off of her face I'm not shooting it. I'm trying to pull it off. And you just see Seabold, like, pulling super hard on his rigging gun. Like, I'm trying as hard as I can. But she's going to move, like, with her hands to see if there's any way that she can get, like, the tentacles to, like, loosen at all. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and make me... Um... So are you trying to, like... Are you doing this, like, analytically? Or are you doing this, like... uh are you trying to like find the best way to like pry it off of her? Or are you just trying to brute force pull it off? She is one hundred percent trying to find the intellectual way of getting yes. it off. Yes, of go ahead. You can make an intellect check. I was just trying to get the right description to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can make an intellect check, and you can um, add anything. Uh, are you trained in zoology or um, medical? Nah, stuff? bro. Okay, so yeah, go ahead and just make a strain intellect roll then. Okay, um, that is a twenty-six. Cool. Uh, what what's your intellect score? Uh, my intellect score is fifty-three. Okay, yeah. So, um, you are able to loosen its grip, and it's still like clinging. Um, you actually can tell that the spade-shaped like hands quote unquote on the end of the tentacles they're not suction cups um they actually are kind of this like mirrored like set of grooves that almost looks like uh like a gecko foot Ooh, little cups. um and that is adhesive to the point where it's like trying to pull that off is gonna be like next to impossible mm-hmm. um but you are able to like unloop some of the length of the tentacle so it's not like around her neck as much but it's still like stuck to her but B, you can see now, at least. All right. You have Seabold, Seabold and Delphine trying to get this thing off of you. B, go ahead and make me another body save. Okay. I'm going to see if you can overcome the Fingies influence crossed. it is having over your musculature. That's a nine. A nine. Yeah. I'm assuming your, your body is... Much higher than that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's my my body save is thirty two. Yeah, so you're able to uh, regain the control of your limbs. Now, what would you like to do? I'd like to try and pry it off my face, please. Yeah, uh, go ahead and make a strength or combat, whichever you would prefer. Um, I'll do combat. And again, is it, can I use like athletics for this? Maybe. Um. Yeah, I'll let you use athletics for this. Okay. That is a 12 out of 59. Okay. Yeah, you pull it off. It like rips some of your skin off, Ah. um, but you are able to get it free. And as soon as it's free, it splays all of its tentacles out. Um, You can actually see that it looks like it has like bladders of air that it fills and immediately releases, allowing it to jet through the zero G and it jets to the wall and immediately ricochets off the wall, grabbing with a tentacle, swinging, spinning, and attacking Jack. 
Jack, I need you to make me a body save. All right. Cool. Uh, I got a four. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. For reference, my body is 30. Right. Yeah. You are able to roll out of the way. Excellent. And it's going to miss and immediately kind of grab uh, the nearby ladder and swing, sending itself flying at Seabold. This thing is fast. Noted. Seabold, I need you to make me a body save. Beautiful. Uh, let's see how I do. Oh, that's bad. Oh. That's oh, no. really bad. So that's a crit. Yeah, oh, so no. that's a 66 on a 16. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be... Do I still have my... Do, is my rigging thing still connected to this thing? No. When it pulled free of B, it darted off that, that tool and zipped away. Sure. Okay. So does it take the damage from that? It did when you used it before. Unless... Or like, There's does like, it... Is there a special... additional damage when it when it gets removed yeah oh, like when it yes. comes out like it t- it deals damage yeah it, it would have taken that damage uh go you can go okay. and roll it okay i imagine it won't affect anything here but we'll do it anyway just for sure. fun all right so we have 2d10 there on that damage for that okay. um so that would be it's a one and an eight oh. so it's nine uh-huh. yeah uh it does not seem to react in any meaningful i figured way. I figured. Uh, you're going to take 45 damage. What the fuck? All right. <laughs> well, yeah, just to clarify, you're saying 45, Four not, five, not yes. 4D5. Yeah, right? I, I did not. D5, is, uh, they exist. They're weird. and we're, which, they is, don't, which is not a not thing here. that exists in this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Seafold. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, just just so everyone knows, I I can take thirteen uh, uh points there for each wound. Um, I have two m- wounds. Uh, are you what are you uh are you wearing uh what are you wearing? I am, right now? Are you wearing? <laughs> hey, what are you wearing? I'm wearing dress? my vac suit. Yeah, yeah, Nick, this is real sensual. You asking me what I'm wearing? Oh, you you you're wearing your vac suit? Yeah, I don't think I have any special armor. So a vac suit, uh, like all, all all clothes and stuff count as armor mm-hmm. um, and have some armor value to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'd probably say you're wearing uh, the IVA suit, not a full vac suit, because that would have been that. That's like big and bulky and meant for like outside the ship uh, oh, like okay. in space. So yeah. um, but I'll that. say that the armor points on it are the same. So that's three armor points. Three, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, it's destroyed. Um, it reduces that that damage by three, and then you take the rest. So what did I say initially? 40, did I say 43? 45. 45, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you take 42. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's immediately, is that immediately two wounds? Yeah, plus some. Yeah. So go ahead and roll me a d10. That's a nine. Look at these That's, nines. <laughs> that is a fatal injury. Your neck breaks and you die. Wow. All right. Well, this has been fun. This has been fun. Uh, you, Roger, you don't have to get off the call. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. <laughs> you, uh, you guys see that happen. Uh. And now it's your guys' turn. We don't have to go in the exact same order, but it would be uh, Jack, B, and mm. uh, Delphine's 
Time yeah, to Delphine's react. turning uh, and running. Ship, 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 ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think I think maybe Jack will try one more parting shot at it, but like otherwise going as back towards the ship to then get everyone in and shut the door as quick as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and roll your combat roll for that shot. Uh, that is a big fat miss. Okay. Your shot goes wide. Thankfully not a critical um, miss, but it was not good. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, B and Delphine, you're heading back to uh, ADC-6B, which is the airlock that the clusterfuck is docked at. Yeah. The moment it takes Jack to make that shot, this thing zips directly for you, Jack. I need you to make me a body save. Yeah, I figured that might be the case. Um, I rolled a one. That's wow. impressive. <laughs> I, I love that. Out of all the numbers, you choose one. Yeah, I mean... You're able to push yourself off and zip out of the way just in time. You, it misses you, and then you see it beeline, and it against the wall right next to the airlock door. And you see along its spines, like uh, like down each of its legs, it fluoresces like bioluminescence for a second. And this is right as Delphine and B are getting to the door. Um, the door loses power. Jesus fucking Christ. And then it's going to try to attack Jack again. I need another body oh save goodness. for Jack. Uh, that was a 68, which is a failure and also not nice. Not, not quite nice. <laughs> not nice. Not quite nice. Uh, you're taking 38 points of damage there, Jack. I, I'm horrifically dead. <laughs> yeah. B and Delphine, you see that happen. Um, you see Jack try to jump in behind, or no, uh, well, would Jack have tried to get into the airlock having seen that it, like, power got cut on it? Uh, I I think Jack would have still been moving towards that way. I don't okay. know that he would have gotten to it. Yeah. B and Delphine, you hit that door and it doesn't open when you try to access it, and you turn in time to see this thing um, encompass Jack's head, and then his whole body twitches unnaturally and you hear the distinct snapping of vertebrae, and he's left there to drift, looking off into the middle distance as it launches itself at the two of you. Um, who's closer? I would think I am. Okay, make a body save. Yep. Oh, that's a 28 out of 32. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, you jump out of the way of it. <laughs> However, uh, that means that Delphine needs to make me a body save. What a delight. What? Because it's delight. just going to keep going. Um, <laughs> just barreling right towards you. Guys, I have a hunch about this. That Nick's trying to kill all of us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what? no, I don't. Listen. I get well, it. Nick Nick wanted a snuff film and he wanted his friends along for the ride. I get oh it. Gosh. It happens to the best of us. Well, you're currently being thwarted because I rolled a six for an 18 body save. Okay. Yeah. You you jump aside as well and this thing against the wall, um, the, the door that is might as well be a wall because it doesn't have power currently. Can I can I shoot it? Yeah. That's the only thing I'm good at. Alright, so that's I'm assuming combat plus firearms. Yes. So that'll be uh six I guess firearms are a skill. Uh, it's a 34 out of 64. Yeah, you hit it. Go roll damage. So that's pulse rifle, 3d10 damage, yes. That is 13. 
Okay. Yeah, it you you see it convulse when it takes the shots, but it's still moving. Also, it doesn't bleed. Like it doesn't seem to have like a fluid in its body. It just seems to be like one That's giant kind of fleshy mass. Delphine, are you doing anything? Uh, no, because I don't I don't know. I'm very squishy. She's she's smart girl <laughs> and not combat girl, so. Uh, she has stayed behind to um, be trying to, like, stay out of it. You can maybe, like, try to see if you can, like, bypass the power on the door to try and get the door working again. I That's, try that. That might be an option. Yeah. Sure. What you want me to... Um, yeah, so you'll make an intellect check, um, and you can add anything related to computers or tech. Would, like, industrial um, equipment work? Probably. Yeah, I'd allow okay. that. I'd allow that. Um, that is, no, <laughs> is a heckin' 73, which does not, Oh no! it doesn't make it for me. Yeah, uh, you, you pry open the panel and you stick your hands in there to try and like kind of bypass some of the, the switches and you actually zap yourself for three points of damage. Ow, how dare. Um, the organism is going to launch itself at B's head again. Um, make another Yay! body save for me. That is a 37, which is a failure. Okay. It's going to um, wrap itself around your head again. Go ahead and uh, make a combat roll for me. Of course. Okay. Does this include my firearms? Yep. I'm so sorry, Delphine. Oh, I failed. That's a 93. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I failed. <laughs> yeah, so your pulse rifle goes off, uh, putting a handful of slugs into the wall of this airlock. And uh, it does, in fact, rupture. And you hear the whistle of air that's slowly getting now sucked out. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, that's not going to be an immediate threat, but it is probably something that's going to need to be addressed if we even get that far. <laughs> Seeing as this thing is on my face again, I don't... <laughs> I think she's going to shout, get out of here, go. Yeah. Um, as soon as you get those words out, uh, you take 35 points of damage as it attempts to snap your neck. Well, that's a new wound for one <laughs> and takes me down to my third wound. Um, and that... Oh, so on your third wound track? I, like, you're... it eliminates my health. I'm dead. Okay. So, yeah. Delphine, you hear B say that as soon as this thing just torques her neck super fast and almost cuts off the words at the very end. Get out of here. Go. Crack. <laughs> and then it unfurls itself and launches at you. Go ahead and make a body save for me, Delphine. Uh, look, I think the first time was really just a happy accident. Um, so, <laughs> oh yeah, I rolled a 40. It is, uh, I, you know, my body's frozen 18. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're gonna take 42 points of damage. <laughs> and as this thing launches at you, you hear music. Your friends floating unmoving around you. You hear sort of melancholy electric guitar. Memory desync detected. Downlink complete. Good morning, crew. 
It is 02:14 Earth Standard Time on October 7, 2133, at a solar orbit of positioning error. Your wake-up song is Before I Disappear by Highland Rose, 2021. Markiplier's gonna come after us. You can't do this. <laughs> I fucking knew it! <laughs> uh, I planned on doing this before I yeah, watched right. Markiplier. I'm just face. saying. I'll have you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's, you know, he's got lawyers. <laughs> Look. Outer Wilds did it before he did. That's too, fair. So. Or, and pray, I guess, and uh, any number of things yeah, that make yeah. me regret. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. The worst groundhog. <laughs> I knew it. Final Fantasy ass battle. You're supposed to lose. <laughs> Back on Toral, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. The handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have? I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you. This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating to spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? What am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one. You send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh, I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, but I'm jumping into the gravity well. (laughs) A gnome, a halfling, and a half-orc walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Tasha's hideous laughter. (laughs) Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) wait, wait, wait. Why do you want to be a hero? Yeah, she's gonna sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release Miss Terry. 
or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T-posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute, and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out season two of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah, of them. Yeah. Do you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell! What? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy, grab your tongue, grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Bum on the pilot ship. You were born on a pilot shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. ProjectDerailed.com